everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where when we say lions and tigers and bears, oh my, we actually mean it. That is my intro for our guest today. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, General Manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm the voice and face of Breaking Bread Oven on Instagram. You can find me here every Thursday after Allison and right before Nachum's live lunch. By the way, if you haven't already seen the clip, I'm pretty sure it was Elon Kornblum who posted it. Chullant made it into Jeopardy last night. That is correct. The name of the category was Sabbath. And there was a question about chullant, not what goes into a chullant, because frankly, if you speak to five Jews, you'll get 10 different answers about that. But it was basically a question as to why, hmm, I guess the best way to put it is to why chullant is made. What prohibition on the Sabbath is the, I guess, inspiration for a dish like chullant? I'm really giving you a better clue than... Um, than the writers for Jeopardy gave last night. But either way, a bunch of people have already shared it on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm sure it's somewhere on Facebook, but check out Elon Kornblum and his kosher foodies group. I am sure the clip is there. It was fascinating to watch. Thanks to everyone in Miami Beach who were wonderful hosts this week. We had great, great shows, two great shows there. A number of great personalities. My thanks to Rabbi Bixen and his entire congregation for their warm welcome. And, of course, to Rabbi Shia Guttenberg and everyone at the Hebrew Academy for their warm welcome as well. And if you have not already started your day with Hatikva, your day with pledging allegiance to our flag, just remember all the kids at the Hebrew Academy of Miami already have. Check out those archives to hear what I am talking about. Let's do the national holidays Yes, today is the 14th. It is Spider-Man Day. I, yeah, no, I'm out. I'm out. I'm having nothing to do with this. I'm not a Marvel fan, or somebody's going to tell me that's not Marvel, that's DC Comics. I don't really care. I don't really care. The only thing I know about Spider-Man is that he's red and he's blue, and that's about it. There's something about Parker in there. I don't know. I'm really not holding. It's also World Sight Day, World Standards Day. Be Bold and Be Free Day. I think that's a shout-out to um, the individuals who find comfort in wearing a toupee as opposed to being bald and being free, I guess. You can check it out. You can check that out, Be Bold and Be Free Day. Google it. And it's also Data Innovation Day. I do want to mention that tomorrow is National Mammography Day. If you have not already scheduled or had your annual mammography, please do it. Please schedule it as soon as possible. National Breast Cancer Awareness Month is October. We highlighted Shoshana Polkoff and her story last week on That's Life. I highly encourage you to check out our archive to hear her story of being a breast cancer warrior and a breast cancer survivor. If you have any questions about breast cancer, please go to sharsherit.org for more information. But scheduling your mammography is really, really easy. I highly encourage you to do so. I did so. I did so before my interview with Shoshana last week, and my mammography appointment is coming up next week. Please follow Shoshana's lead and take care of yourself. Self-care is super important. Let's do the fortune cookie. Oh, this one's hard to open. Okay, today's fortune cookie, folks. Stay in touch above all with how you feel. Well... I didn't plant this, I promise, but it couldn't get any easier than this to introduce my guest. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And last Sunday, just a couple of days ago, was World Mental Health Day. 
So we are taking the time to bring awareness to mental health and remind people that mental health is as important as your physical health. I wrote that in my notes before picking today's fortune cookie. But I'm thrilled to to welcome my guest, Avi Ben-Mordechai. He is a licensed psychotherapist who specializes in trauma, stress, and anxiety. And his angle today on mental health is all about pet therapy. You can find information about Avi's practice at centeronetherapy.com. Avi, good morning, and thanks for joining me. Good morning. I am so, so happy to be here with you today. I, uh, thanks, thanks for having me on. No, not at all. I appreciate it very much. And your timing couldn't be better, not only because my fortune cookie is so poignant, but also <laughs> because I mentioned that Mental Health Awareness Day was on Sunday. But you obviously bring a totally different angle to mental health to the table because you are coming with some fine, furry friends. Tell me about how you got right. started in pet therapy. Okay, so this story goes back way, way back when I was a little kid growing up in Queens, New York. I had, I loved, loved, you know, all animals. And back then, there, you know, kids didn't really grow up with, with cell phones and iPads and uh, all these electronics. So we were outside most of the day. And anytime I would see a dog or I would come up to it and play with it. And, and I always wanted to be a veterinarian. And growing up, and even in my, you know, my high school yearbook and my elementary school yearbook, it says, you know, he will be a veterinarian. <laughs> but when I grew up, I noticed that, you know, vets, if we really think about it, we think they, they play with, uh, with puppies and kittens all day. But actually, they, um, they you know, they, they take care of sick animals. And that's not really something that I, I felt like I had the heart to do, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. So when I went to school, uh, when I went to um, LIU for, for my master's in, in social work, um, I said, and I, I got married, and I said, you know what, I think it's time. I, I, growing up, I always asked my mom, let's get a dog, let's get a dog. And she's like, absolutely not. I'm, I, we're not getting a dog. I just can't take care of it. And it's too much. You're not getting a dog. So when I got married, I told my wife, I said, hey, we're, we're going to get a dog. And guess what happened? My wife said, absolutely not. We can't get a dog. I'm petrified of dogs. <sighs> and I said, uh-oh, I'm getting, you know, this is uh, what's going to happen here. So I, we did some exposure therapy, and we ended up getting, it's a, it's a whole story on its own, but we ended up getting a golden retriever puppy, the most beautiful friendly golden retriever puppy. And I was in my year of internship. So I was still kind of practicing to learn how to be a therapist. And um, I was working with, with a boy who was seven years old. And I was thinking, I asked mom, I said, hey, you know, I just got this puppy. And I think it's a great way to kind of implement it into the session. Um, the puppy didn't have any type of formal training yet. But I said, you know, would he like to just, you know, see, say hi to the puppy and see the puppy for a few minutes, not an actual like a, a typical therapy, pet therapy session. And she said, yes, yeah, sure. He loves dogs. That would be great. And when he met the dog, you know, that was kind of the beginning of where we're at. You know, that was the beginning of this journey. Wow. And um, it did. It had such an impact on him. And I said, you know what, let me kind of take it to another, you know, another client that I'm working with. And they loved it. And slowly, 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 um, I just it just kind of took off on its own, and um, and then I said, you know, let's let's get a let's get a let's get a let's get a bunny, and then let's get a bird and a, a parrot, and we slowly started to get these different types of animals, and we saw how they were able to connect to people in such a special way, in a way where. I wasn't able to connect with a person from the beginning because 
uh, when we think about therapy, a lot of the times people, it's, it can be a very scary concept, right. um, especially with children and with teenagers. It, it, it's almost like, wait, but I'm, you know, nothing is wrong with me. I'm not, I'm not crazy. Why do I have to go to a therapist? And it's just the way the, there's the stigma around it uh, that if you go to therapy, you're broken. And when people come into the office, a lot of the times they, they feel very guarded and they feel, they feel scared to share. So obviously with, with a lot of, uh, you know, trial and error and trying different things, we were able to create a, a way where children and teenagers and even adults who have many different life challenges are able to come into an office and feel in a very, like, non-threatening, non-judgmental type of space, are able to play with the animals, are able to interact with them. And kind of like the number one rule of therapy is when a person, when a client comes into your office, you want to establish rapport. You want to make a connection with them. You kind of want to meet them where they're at. And sometimes having an animal there, it kind of takes the pressure away from, from asking them, okay, now, you know, open up and tell, tell me all your vulnerabilities. Wow. You know, it's a, it's a very, uh, so, so like, you know, this, 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 this past week and last week I had, you know, I worked with teenagers and they come into the office and very guarded and scared, like, what is he going to ask me? Am I going to have to share my whole life with him now? Am I going to have to talk to him about all my insecurities? And when you see that facial expression, you say, hey, how about we kind of put all of this on pause for now? You want to just see the pets? You want to play with the pets? And they're like, yeah, for sure. And and for the bulk of the session, we talk about the animals and where they come from and what type of life lessons we can learn from them because every single animal has a life lesson that we can learn. And I currently have I have uh, three golden retrievers. It's interesting. It's an interesting story. Uh, two years ago, our golden retriever Sophie had ten puppies. <gasps> Uh, and that was an amazing experience on its own. We actually went to nursing homes and we went to uh, adult daycare centers with these puppies. They were four weeks old. So we started to condition them to become very friendly and be comfortable with loud noises and different people and being handled. So this way, by the time they went home, they were completely socialized. Some of the puppies actually went to different nursing homes. They have their own handler where they're able to work with the residents as well. Oh, my and, gosh. Um, One second. Avi, so- I have a million and a half questions. I'm sorry to yeah. cut you off, but I, I, I got to ask you 400 questions. Go I, ahead, I, I am I am fascinated, ab- absolutely fascinated. By the way, you can you can check out Avi and his practice at center1therapy.com. You can email him center1therapy at gmail.com. And if you look at his homepage, you will see the menagerie of, uh, or I should say the small zoo that Avi has at, <laughs> just in this yes. picture alone. Three golden retrievers, a bunny, a bird. First of all, I can't figure out how you married somebody who was afraid of dogs and didn't know about that beforehand. <laughs> but we can discuss that another yeah. time. We can totally discuss yes. that another time. When That's you're fun. When you have a client... I guess my first question is, when you have a client who comes into your office, are all of the pets in the office or are you meeting the pets in the, let's say, the the waiting room and then deciding together which pet will join you in for the session? So that's a great question. Um, when 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 the clients come into the room, we don't have any pets in the office. And the reason for that is a lot of my clients come in for exposure therapy. There's a huge Uh. number of people 
who are petrified right. of dogs and also other animals. I have people telling me I, I can never go to the beach because I'm afraid of the birds. I can never go mm. to my friend's house. I'm petrified to go to my friend's house because they have a dog or they live in a building and they live on the fifth floor and there's an elevator and I can't take the elevator and because I'm afraid the dog will come in or so many different scenarios. I had mothers telling me I left my carriage on Borough, in the middle of Borough Park because somebody was walking with the dog, and she got <gasps> so afraid, she left her carriage in the middle of the uh, of, of the sidewalk and just ran. And we we questioned her, so like, wait, how is a, a mother able to do something like this? Right. It's because your 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 subconscious mind is telling you run. It's it's a defense mechanism. It says fight or flight and go go go. We can't even consciously think about like what are we doing here? What's going on here? Yeah, well, so, I imagine that excuse is not going to work with DCFS when somebody finds out that there's an abandoned baby carriage in the middle of Borough Park. Right, but right, <laughs> well, obviously they you know they they, they come back. Of course, back of they, course, they, they, they of course. Thank and, God. And go get it. But um, so this is another big thing we definitely don't want to kind of overstimulate or flood anybody with so much stimulation so we kind of want to take it one one moment at a time and then when they come in um for the first session like when working with kids and when i'm at a stage where i want to establish rapport mm-hmm. um i'll bring one animal at a time and we'll talk about that animal like for example a tarantula you would think like why the heck do you have a tarantula yeah there's like, got to be a good be- reason avi there's got to be a good reason for that one. right now, how can the tarantula be therapeutic well first of all arachnophobia which is the fear of spiders is one of one of the most um, biggest fears in the world. I think it's like the top three. Right, so, but let me ask you something. I understand somebody needing to get over their fear of dogs. I do, because dogs are yeah. prevalent in our society. Are there more tarantulas out there that I don't appreciate that someone needs to see you to get over their fear of tarantulas? So, so the, the reason why I have a tarantula is that the specific one I have is the is a very docile, very friendly, and uh, easy to, to be handled. So that's a great way to expose somebody to like different types of insects. So this way, when they see you know a fly, a mosquito, uh, mm. Any type of bug, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't panic. Got so, um, and happens to be, you'll be surprised, but the, the, we have a snake also. We have a banana ball python, and the snake and the tarantula, I would say, are the top requested pet with the kids and the teens. Like wow. it's, it's very out of the box, and they love it the most. And I use that as a tool to be able to connect with them, especially when they look at their parents' face and they see that reaction when the parents are like, what are you doing? And they're like, yes, I love it. You know, that whole dynamic uh, is able to build a relationship between me and the client, and this is what I want to be able to do. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Now, I have to imagine, I have to imagine, because I don't want people to get the feeling that all of the therapy sessions that you conduct have to do with people getting over specific fears of specific animals. This is right. really to build rapport. It's really yeah. the, an incredibly effective icebreaker. Yes, exactly. Bingo. So it's interesting you mentioned that because um, a lot of times people will say, oh, so you're, you're, the, you're the guy with, you're the animal whisperer, right? You're the guy <laughs> with the animals. You're, and I'm like, no, 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 one second. I'm a therapist and I use animals as a tool to be able to, to work with people. Now, there are other people who don't have a fear or phobia or maybe not, not like animals, and we work on other goals with them, and we have very, various different um, tools in, kind of in my toolbox that we use. We have different games. We have different, um, like different um, methods that we use to be able to connect with people. So it's all about kind of finding the right 
click, finding the key that fits the person's heart. That's really what it's about. And Avi, if um, somebody comes to you and doesn't want to play with the pets, yeah, the, the, I mean, that's still an option for a client. Sure. Yeah, of course. Of course. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's definitely a, a, an interesting concept, you know, working with animals and understanding how animals can help humans heal. But yeah, there are people also who, who have a lot of stuff going on in their life and they say, you know what, I want to just, you know, focus on what's going on with me and I'm ready to share and I'm ready to start this journey. Then yeah, we don't have to include, uh, the pets in it. Yeah. Unbelievable. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm joined by Avi Ben-Mordechai. He's a licensed psychotherapist who specializes in trauma, stress, and anxiety. He's received his MSW from LIU, Long Island University, and his bachelor's from Turo. Prior to opening his practice, Avi worked with children, adults, couples, families, seniors, and groups from from various backgrounds with various life challenges. Avi implements cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, sand therapy, play therapy, and pet therapy in helping helping clients deal with identity crisis, fears, phobias, anxieties, and depression. Tell me for a moment, have you ever found with a client that that it's backfired, that you've started and you think that it's working with the ice breaking or they're building the rapport through the pet and all of a sudden you're seeing you've hit a wall? Um, yes, actually I can, I can, I can share. Um, we, I've been, I've been very successful with, with helping a person overcome, like specifically overcoming their fear of dogs. And for some reason with this, with one person, I, we were doing everything like we did before and we were following all the, um, all the steps. And for some reason it was just not clicking Mm. and i think it was like the fifth or sixth session and usually by that time the person is able to overcome their fear like significantly and all of a sudden the the person breaks down and and i said okay but like what's going on internally and the person says i don't even know why i'm doing this um i don't even know if if i want this you know and that was a Huge, huge statement, because in order for the behavior to change, it has to come from the person. It can come from your spouse. It can come from you because your child wants a dog and and you feel bad and you want to get a dog. It really has to come from an authentic place from from you saying, I'm done feeling like the a dog in the environment is controlling me. I want to be able to take back control. And a lot of the times when, and as soon as there was that switch that when I, when I it was like a, an aha moment, almost like, mm. and I said, wow. So if this is not really authentically coming from you that you want to change, then there's nothing we can do. There's a saying, uh, you can bring the horse to the water, but you can't make a drink. Sure. As soon as we kind of put that out there, there was a switch. And I said, when you make the decision that you're ready to make change, that's when we're going to continue working. And the next, and I said, so don't, we're not scheduling for next week. You let me know during this week if you want to come back and we're going to work it out. They messaged, we're ready, we're coming back. They came back. Within that one session, we were able to achieve what we couldn't achieve in the past five sessions. Wow. Because the drive that they had inside knowing that this is what I want. Amazing. So a lot of times when parents kind of tell their kids, you need to go to therapy, you must go to therapy, if the child doesn't want to, again, unless somebody's mandated and all mm-hmm. of that, that's, sure. different, that's a different discussion. But therapy, re- in order for the ther- therapeutic process to work, 
the client also needs to want to be able to create change. Wow, absolutely. Change has to come from within, that's for sure. All right, Avi, we have just a few moments left. I need to know what animal is going too far. What animal are you not interested (laughs) in bringing in the office? I mean, I I made the joke about lions and tigers and bears. Fine. Those are all off the table, correct? (laughs) Well, I mean... For now, we're definitely working on a big, big project that is going to definitely shock the firm community. Um, it's coming up very soon, hopefully. If all things, you know, go go smoothly, but it's certain animals that I want to bring on the team, we definitely need to get licensing and, and different permits. So um, so we're working on it, but there's, you know, there's nothing off limits. Pet therapy <sighs> is, is incredible, and everyone connects an animal a different way. So we want to be able to accommodate any way we can. That is Fascinating. Have you ex- have you done therapy or like with aquatic animals? So I actually I did look into it. I actually recently was in in Mexico and had the the golden opportunity to be able to swim with dolphins. Right. And every, as when I when when the, for that one hour, every, any type of worry, any type of stressor, completely left my mind. And just interacting with an animal like that is is something so special. But unfortunately, here in in New York, it's 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 almost impossible to be able to do something like that. Right, and probably illegal. I don't know. I'm right, just... yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> coming from in, in, from the uh, you know legality perspective, it's, right. it's really it's almost impossible. On, yeah. uh, I, this whole thing is unbelievably fascinating. I also just want to mention, within thirty seconds or less. Um, that you also do, that you also do sand therapy, and I think yeah. that that's important to mention, even just for thirty seconds, because yeah. again, that tactile interaction with something yeah. has got to be yeah. very soothing. So just explain quickly, quickly, because sure. we're so I'll, out I'll of do, time. I'll, I'll do it really quick. So, Thanks. <laughs> um, sand therapy is a very interesting way of being able to create kind of like a three D image of what's going on uh, subconsciously in your mind. Um, a lot of times, you have cases where children or even adults are not able to express themselves the way they want uh, with talking or even on paper. So when you give them the, the, the sand tray with a bunch of different type of characters and miniatures and you say, hey, create a picture for me um, it's, uh, describing how you're feeling inside. And they create a whole image and you don't really talk much uh, as they create it. And then after they're done, you say, okay, you're done. You're ready to talk to me about it. And they say, sure. And they now start to explain every component of, of, of the sand tray. Um, and you're able to see the picture from a completely different way, and you're able to connect to them and understand their story. Uh, like, for example, working with kids and seeing a classroom dynamic um, where the child is sitting and what their connections are to other students and what kind of animal. Sometimes you'll have somebody that they don't like and they'll choose a specific animal like, you know, a, a, a rat or an octopus or a spider. And you'll say, oh, I noticed you used, you know, this specific animal. Tell me more about, you know, this character. And they'll say, oh, you know, that was my teacher in second grade or uh. something. And then you try to, like, explore that further, like why they chose that specific animal. What characteristics have they found in common? So it's such a fascinating way to connect to people. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. And again, this is something unique to our from community, to the Orthodox community, that is for sure. CenterOneTherapy.com. Avi ben Mordechai, thank you so much for joining me. I, tru- I truly appreciate it. Continued Hatzlacha. I think this is thank great. I, I really do think so this much. is great. And I'm happy to come and have a play date with any of the Golden Retrievers at Absolutely. any time. We should we should come we should come down to the Nachum Siegel uh, station and let you guys have all the answers. 
animals there. Yeah, I think people here might have a heart attack, and that would probably <laughs> undo all the good. But I'm happy yeah. to come play with the dogs anytime. Absolutely. Uh, thank Absolutely. you, Avi. Always welcome. Thanks My so much. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. All the best. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Again, CenterOneTherapy.com. That was oh, that was awesome. God, if I could just go and play with dogs all day. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. The afternoon continues with a full day of programming. The live lunch hosted by Nachum Siegel begins in just a few moments. The word is moments, Miriam. Throwback Thursday at 1 p.m. Encore of JM Rewind at 4 p.m. And, of course, the Arab Shabbos Show hosted by Mark Zomik and brought to you by our friends at Kedem at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Nachum Siegel hosts JM in the AM. He'll be joined by Malcolm Holine at 7.40 a.m. Don't miss a moment of Rummy host Saturday Night Seagull this Matzah Shabbos starting at 9 p.m. Matzah host J.M. Sunday, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. He has been hosting seamlessly since its inception, and there is no stopping Matzah. We close today. We close today with Gershon Varobas across the river. I really do think I play this every single year at the same time. This is uh, it's a great song. It's featuring Sam Glazer. I absolutely love this song. A good Shabbos to all. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Come with me across the river, far across the great divide. Come with me across the river to the other side come with me across the river far across the great divide come with me across the river to the other side pack up your things and go to a land that i will show you for no than to join me on this journey into the great unknown where mysteries await you you've got too much to give live your life alone come with me across the river far across the great divide come with me Across the river to the other side. Come with me across the river, across the water far and wide. Come with me across the river to the other side. Open your heart and soul. Open up and watch the magic happen. There's not a I am a pot, a 
right under your nose. Yeah.